You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Marcus Mosier of Bleacher Report. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And once again, I'm joined by the one and only Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBTB. You can also listen to him on his show, the How About Them podcast, as well as the Blogging the Boys podcast. Landon, how are you doing tonight, sir? Uh, ready to get into this and discuss what we saw in the uh, coach's tape. All right, let's do it. Uh, this Wednesday edition of the Locked on Cowboys podcast is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON at MyBookie.ag. All right, so I kind of want to start off with just some overall thoughts on the Cowboys offense after I watched the All-22. Um, didn't come out until about noon today, so it took me a little while to get through it all. But um, I, I watched the the game film, and afterwards I actually talked to a couple different Packer beat writers, and they were impressed with how well the Packers stopped the Cowboys offense. And I kind of, if you can see me, I'm doing air quotes around the word stop. But uh, they were impressed by how they thought they kind of controlled the Cowboys offense and they were able to limit them some. And I'm watching this game thinking, the Cowboys can do whatever they want. And I think that just kind of shows you the perception and uh, of what the league thinks of this Cowboys offense. Is even though they're scoring 30 points a game, if you can hold them to 31, you're doing a fantastic job. So I think the Cowboys have a great offense that I think can actually take another step up after the bye. But as you can see, around the league, this is one of the more respected offenses in the league. And we've been talking about it in the last couple shows is this offensive line isn't even playing to their talent yet. Prescott's still missing some throws. The receivers, we think maybe Beasley's not healthy and yet they're still putting up 30 points in the game. So overall, I was just impressed by their balance. Uh, once again, they were able to run the ball and pass the ball basically equally as well. Um, it was a good game by the offense. I mean, there's very few plays that you can pick out of the game and say, hey, this is what they should have done differently. And when you when you only have a handful of those in a game, there's not much you can complain about. What did you just see as in a general sense from the Cowboys offense? Were you impressed by them? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, I think, I, you know, w- when you cover the team or, you know, whatever we do, w- watch the team very closely, maybe too closely, <laughs> and, uh, and, and you, you know, hypothesize about what uh, could be going on with the team and, and, and what you think is going to go on in the future. Um, you know, there's always an element of, of, uh, of like fear that like oh yeah what if this doesn't explain what's going on or no 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 and the thing that I keep getting is that we've been talking about how the off you know we've you know we we've been saying and and you know you, you don't want to offer excuses you you you're often trying to offer reasons but we've been talking about how um you know the the first four games were against very difficult defenses and that the the offense as a whole seemed to have been taking a while to kind of come together and, and, and got to get in the sink and, and to find itself. Um, and that, and then we said, you know, the, the, look, this is the kind of the first week that they're not playing a defense. That's, uh, you know, not 
a top tier type defense that you know doesn't have elite pass rushers or or elite corners or both or you know it doesn't have a, a, an incredible Hall of Fame defensive coordinator you know and that knows the the personnel intimately and uh, you know like I, I I and so the the question was what were what was this going to look like what was it going to look like with you know this week specifically because this was the first week where there's really there's no excuses for the offense like th- this is a you know a probably middle of the road defense if that. Uh, and mm-hmm. you're playing at home, and and you know it's it's now the fifth game of the of the season where you know you've been in a month, so now it's kind of, it's kind of time to start showing yourself who you are because you've had the time that's required, even in the CBA days, to kind of get it all together. And and you know that's what the expectation was going into the game. And secretly, you're you're a little bit scared that that's not what you're going to get, right? Like that that's like it's it's still going to be awful. It's still going to look great. Maybe they're not as good as you thought. But but that's not what we saw. It's it's what we expected. It's it's you know they came out. They showed themselves as as to be kind of a closer, uh, you know, if maybe just a still sl- slightly you know stretching their muscle version of the 2016 offense. I mean, it, it just looked right. It wasn't even just that. I mean, if you look at the stat lines, if you watch the game, just just like on a very basic level, and you have any kind of feel or knowledge of what this offense looks like in previous years, it or at least last year when Dak was running it, it looked more like when Dak was in sync with everything. You know, he was spreading the ball around to everybody. Everybody was getting catches. Everybody was being efficient with their catches, including Dak, uh, including Dez. Um, and, and I think that that's when the offense, when the offense is efficient with the occasional explosive, like that is when this offense is nearly unstoppable. Because they can come at you from almost any angle, they can uh, attack you down the field. They can attack you short, and and they're not giving they're not giving you the ball. They're not making plays for you. Uh, that's when they're good. Now, obviously, that changed when uh, Terrence Williams, you know, had the ball clang off, and we'll talk about that. I'm sure, but yeah, I, I think what you saw in general is the is the is what it's supposed to look like and 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 I think that that is very encouraging that as we've been saying and and just hoping in the back of our mind are they coming together is it is it actually that or is is it something else I think this is just even more proof that yes they're getting it together they're they're figuring this thing out and they're reestablishing the chemistry that from 2016 uh you know with with slightly different personnel yeah, what's funny is when you go back and watch that game, it, it just seems so easy for Dallas. Now, they didn't have a ton of big chunk plays. I think they have the one long play to Bryce Butler, but everything else was, you know, short to medium gains. And it just seemed like every third down was a, instead of a third and seven or third and eight like we've seen in previous weeks, it was a third and two, third and three. And they were converting those pretty easily with the occasional time they had to go for it on fourth down. But it just didn't seem like, the Packers were providing much resistance, and that's what the Cowboys' offense did last year. Is they made it look easy, um, and I talked about it on yesterday's podcast. But every game that goes by, I get more and more impressed with Dak Prescott. I know there was a couple games early in the year where we were talking about, well, should we be worried about Dak? No, don't be worried. This is yeah. <laughs> another game where it, it's it's so rare to watch the All Twenty Two and pick out throws. Where you could have said, "Hey, this is where he should have thrown," or "This is where he should have thrown it better," 
I mean, it, it, he's getting almost be like a robot where you can see, hey, this guy's open. This is where the ball is going to be. Rarely, especially in the short to intermediate game, is the ball ever off target. I mean, he was fantastic in that game. Do you have any quick thoughts on Prescott? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, more and more as this team starts to play in the image of Dak as opposed to the image of Romo, we'll start to see this team perform better. I, I, I think that, you know, and I think that there's some ten- there was some tendency, you know, to to want to put the the game on on uh, Dak as a pocket passer in the middle of the pocket, you know, standing tall. And and, and, and again, I, to me, that's slipping back into the kind of thinking that has ruined rookie quarterbacks uh, for mm-hmm. for for years now. And I think what what we saw was this offense not afraid to get horizontal with Dak. You know, not afraid to you know get him in a moving pocket. Not afraid to get him in more bootleg and more uh, misdirection with receivers and people coming across formation. And you know, I, I just think that that is where he thrives. And and I think that he thrives in a way that it allows him to get the ball to a whole bunch of different to different people with a lot of success. And I think that's that's you know that's going to be the the bread and butter for the future. Yeah, I just want to touch on this real quick before we take a break. But I would like to see Dak use his legs a little bit more because it seems like any time that not on, you know, design scrambles on all that kind of stuff, but when, you know, they get a four man rush or they get a blitz and the open in the middle opens up, go ahead and take those free yards, Dak. He is really good at kind of avoiding the big hits, except for one hit with Clay Matthews. Yeah. And he's he, he he's very athletic, and there's very few times that he ever gets stopped short of the first down marker. I would love to see him use his legs a little bit more to kind of keep defenses honest, and maybe have to keep an extra linebacker to spy on him. But I thought he, again, I thought he was fantastic on Sunday. It, it was it was fun to watch him and Rogers battle once again. Uh, let's pause real quick to talk about my bookie. Uh, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. That's why I tell people to go to mybookie.ag. MyBookie has been in the business for years, and the rep is rock solid. They do 100% cash bonuses, so off the bat, you're making money for doing absolutely nothing, and they have the fastest payouts, just two business days. I would only recommend a service that has been good to me, and that's why I'm recommending uh, MyBookie. Uh, You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and an all-new mobile site that makes wagering on the go a breeze. If you join now, MyBookie will match your deposit with an up to 100% bonus. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, so the next note I kind of had after watching the uh, All-22 film was that the Cowboys have kind of figured out some of their red zone issues. Earlier in the season, uh, they kind of struggled to to convert in the red zone. The last three games, they've been fantastic. They're converting on 91% of the red zone trips into touchdowns. Uh, they had four attempts on Sunday in the red zone. All four turned into touchdowns. Uh, and the impressive thing is, it's not like they've got a ton of plays that they're using. They've kind of got their bread and butter plays. You know, they got a fade or a back shoulder pass to deck or to Dez, excuse me. They've got the read option uh, with either Zeke or Prescott, and we saw Prescott keep on one of them. And they've kind of got this new little uh, RPO where they flip it to the receiver heading across the middle. With this time it was Beasley, and a little, little rollout pass to Beasley as well. 
Nothing super complicated, but they're just dominating teams in the red zone. They are awfully hard to stop. Uh, and I think with Prescott's ability to make plays with his leg or his legs, it's it, they're going to be hard to stop. I don't see any way that's going to stop anytime soon. What did you see on their red zone offense on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, generally, I mean, you're right. They don't have, they don't need a ton of different plays because a lot of them are, you know, either zone zone reads or RPOs were basically plays designed to make the defender wrong, no matter what their choice is. So, you know, it, it doesn't require a whole bunch of, uh, 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 you know, uh, the sky. I mean, you know, or or just like trying to fool the defense or anything like that. Like, if you have the players who can operate it and, and a guy who can pull the trigger uh, quickly and make the decision correct decision. Um, it's you don't have to uh, run a whole bunch of different plays, especially that close, because you got a guy who you know I gotta think that Dak has got to be one of the more dangerous players in the red zone in the league. I mean, just because he is able to operate that whole uh, you know kind of off option offense, whether you want to call the RPO an option part of the offense, I guess it is uh, a post snap option, you know, uh, office like he is basically running it extremely well. And I think the, the, the problem, too, that the, the Cowboys present and you just, just said it is that the way they mix it up is that they don't have to mix up the play as much as they just mix up personnel and then they attack you with personnel. Mm -hmm. So, you know, is it where one, one week Witten's running that uh, post route uh, on the RPO on the second level RPO, where you're reading the, the linebacker to see if he steps up to react, to react, to run or drops back to react to pass. And instead of throwing it to Witten, you're throwing it to Beasley, who's beating his man inside on the post. And, and so, you know, I think that that's, again, this is, this offense has looked a lot like what we wanted to see. You saw a, an extremely personnel diverse offense that 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 went everything from uh, ten personnel to uh, uh, thirteen personnel with all all the all the uh, tight ends on the line and and with the wing, and you know I mean and everything in between with a fullback. We had two different players who have, have spent time at fullback catch the ball. And, you know, and, and and that you know, and, and including a big time conversion to our our current real yes. fullback, who is a converted linebacker. So I, I mean, I you know, oh, I thought you were going to talk about Rod Smith's catch. Well, Rod I mean, Smith Rod, Rod Smith's catch, catch was huge too. I mean, Rod, listen, Rod Smith's legit. Like I don't even need to like anyone who's acting surprised about Rod Smith. Like he has, oh, no. hasn't been listening to this podcast. All right, we've been talking about Rod Smith since Jump Street. All right, and 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 like I I, I Rod Smith, uh, dude, the, the dude's. Like if he's not the backup running back next year, uh, there's something going on in the in the water around uh, the star. But anyways, I, I think that no, I think that they look. I think a lot of people were surprised by Keith Smith's catch too, and and I think that you know it, it was kind of a big time in the game. I think that they need to get Keith Smith more involved in the offense as well because I, I think he provides something. He never lets you down whenever you in, include him, and I and I think he's an, another physical element to this offense. And again. The more pieces you get involved in this offense, the more dangerous Dak Prescott becomes. Yeah, and that's why I, I talked about it yesterday, but I think the Cowboys need to explore the option of using Bryce Butler more. He's got a bigger frame. He knows how to win in the air. I know he's not polished as a route runner. I know he's got his flaws. He drops a lot of passes as well. But I just think that he's got a little bit more explosive ability, and I think he can be a better player in the red zone than Terrence Williams. So I'm, I'm kind of curious to see what happens with that Butler Williams situation in the next couple, can, couple can of I, weeks. Can I add one thing real quick yeah, about that? I, I, 
I totally agree with you, and I think that maybe now, after watching this game, I think that maybe a better role for Williams is more as the move. I mean, he is the Z, but I'd like I what the the plays where he had a lot of success was when he was coming across formation or he was lining up in a wing and he was mm-hmm. you know mirroring with with Dak in play action. He does uh he does the bootleg stuff like the like down the field really well. Like that's the that's the one thing where I feel like. He is valuable, like coming across the field uh, uh, on on bootlegs as like the second level option. He he presents a good target down the field. I'd like to see him do more of that, and then maybe Bryce can take some more of the true outside deep threat sort of stretching the field type role that we we've, we've we've you know seen Terrence do traditionally. But I think you're right. I think it's time to see more and more of Butler doing that. The the nines, the skinny post, uh, and the, that sort of thing. Yeah, we're we're not advocating to get rid of Williams. He just needs to have a maybe a, a reduced role at some role point. adjustment. So, I think yes. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And once the if the Cowboys could only figure out how to ever get another tight end involved in this offense, if they could ever find, <laughs> if they could figure out a way to eventually get Rico Gathers or Jeff Swaim involved in this offense, they're going to be unstoppable. But let's talk about another tight end on the roster. Let's talk about Jason Witten because I think we're going to argue a little bit here. So. Let's get into it. Um, I thought Jason Witten played okay. Um, it, it was clearly better than his last couple of weeks. Uh, however, um, in some of the biggest plays in the games, and one of the drives that they stalled, the Packers twice uh, kind of keyed in on Witten. They knew the Cowboys' tendency was, I believe, a second and eight. The Cowboys threw the ball short to Witten on a curl route, and Clay Matthews just clobbered him. Uh, the ball came out incomplete. And then on a third down, uh, they basically dared Prescott to throw the ball underneath the Witten, knowing that he wasn't going to create any yards after the catch, and the Cowboys had to kick a field goal. Um, I, I like Witten for what he is. He's a reliable option underneath, but the Packers, again, were kind of daring them to take shots down the middle of the field in the seams, and the Cowboys refused to, r- to run Witten on any of those kind of routes. Uh, there's not much they can do about it right now. Uh, Witten's not going to suddenly get more athletic and faster in the next couple weeks. Uh, but I think it's just something to pay attention to, you know, down the road. Is this an option? Do they try to get Hannah more involved? Is this something that they use for Rico in 2018? Do they go draft a tight end? I just think if the Cowboys truly want to unlock their offense and unlock Prescott, they've got to find a way to challenge teams down the deep middle of the field. And we're just not seeing that right now. Do you have any thoughts on Witten and how the Cowboys are uh, using him and whether you kind of agree with my statement there? I mean, I agree with the idea that they should attack the deep middle of the field via the seam more, but I don't, I mean, but that has never, like, again, and we've had this conversation before, that's never, I mean, that hasn't been J- Jason Witten's game in a decade, probably. And so, like, uh, the, but it has been a part of the North Turner offense, right? The North Turner Zampezi offense. Well, I mean, if, if, you, if you want to, yeah, it's been a, a mainstay of the Coryell offense that, that, you know, that the Y is, has been a seam. I mean, the idea of the Y as the seam buster has been part of the Coryell offense since, you know, Coryell himself ran in San Diego. Yes. But, I mean, that the function of the offense doesn't necessarily have to be run by the, by the the tight end. Like I I think that you can you can still attack the middle the deep middle of the field if you use wide receivers in the slot and, and challenge them that way. There's routes you can run from the outside that you know that they can run 
you know. Uh, but it's and, much and, and tougher to run a slot receiver up the middle of the seam yeah, because but, they but, just don't have but, that same window. But they've also been top five in offense, like you know, in and out of the you know for as long as Jason Witten has been in the league without him being a, that seam busting tight end. So like I, I understand what. But is that the thing holding them back from being the number one or number two offense? I mean, you can look around the league, and I know this is a bad example because there's nobody like Gronkowski. But that's really the difference in New England is when Gronkowski's on the field, they have that I, yeah. deep threat guy you, that can make the plays. You're not wrong, but again, this this kind of goes down to with a lot of different things that that are like that are Cowboys related, where it's not perfect. You're absolutely right. It's not. He isn't the best. And it's never going to be. No, no, perfect. no. I understand that, but 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 I'm saying like. Like he is, he is very, very good at a lot of different things for this team, and 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 in that, in that trying to chase the the seam busting tight end, what you end up giving up is a lot. And I, I I totally get your point. Like you're not wrong that that like it it is an important part of the of the a fundamental part of the of the offense to t- attacking the field attacking. The, the the downfield part of the defense and, and and a huge part of that in the Coriel offense is this is that but the, the, that goes back to them having uh, Kellen Winslow <laughs> senior on that mm-hmm. on that team and that goes back to you know them having those guys you know by function and and, and you know that could do that sort of thing K- Kellen Winslow also couldn't run an option route like t- Jason Witten could, could you know what I'm saying like a lot of those guys couldn't do a lot of the things that are that Jason Witten does that are a main function of our offense. And, 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 and I understand that like the value of the tight end as a seam busting, uh, chess piece is, is an important part of, of the, of the general thought of the Coriel offense. But, but so is, uh, the, the tight end getting open consistently in option routes for this particular version of the Coriel offense. So, I, I agree with your idea in principle that they need to attack the seam more. I think that this idea that that Witten is the problem because that isn't who he is is not necessarily right. I think that he Witten is more than valuable enough to be part of this offense. Maybe not at a hundred percent snap count, and we can have that discussion. But but I think right, and we have. But I yeah. But I think that I think that is the discussion that Jason Witten has no. Is it of value enough to be on the field as as, as often, or I guess at a, at a high rate? I, I don't know that that's debatable yet. I, I still think he serves an extremely valuable piece of this offense. Yeah. So my problem is there's some situations that the Cowboys will use Witten in that I don't think he should be on the field. Like there's very few times on third and ten that I don't think he needs to be on the field because. The odds of him making a play at the first down marker or far or further on, I, I, that's where I would rather see Bryce Butler playing in a slot and acting as that seam buster. Um, but I understand why Witten's on the field in third and short and second down and all that kind of stuff. But long term, and I think this is something we're going to have to revisit in the offseason, and probably it's going to depend on what happens with Rico. Does he ever get healthy? Is he back this season? Um I just think if the Cowboys want to take the next step and maybe take a little bit of pressure off their outside receivers, and we talked about this yesterday with people saying that Dallas needs to draft a receiver or whatever, if they want to take some of that pressure off those outside receivers, getting a tight end that can go up the seam and can make plays in the air might need to be a priority. 
Really quickly, do you have any final thoughts on the Cowboys offense after watching the L22 or any things you want to expand on really quickly? One more thing about Witten and then I'll, 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 I'll let it go. But I'll, I'll say this. The one thing that you would say that I'll say to counter what that last bit about the wide receivers being the ones getting on the field is that some of the catches that Witten makes – and and some of the punishment that Witten takes after the catches that he makes and the, where he is in the field is not something that you necessarily want to get your outside wide receivers involved in on Which a consistent fair. basis. Just on a on a wear and tear situation, Witten is a warrior that way, and that that should be revered to a certain degree, is because he absorbs a lot of hits from other people and has never missed a, a day at the office except for one time where his jaw was broken. So anyways, um, yeah, overall on the offense, I like where the trend is. I think it's coming together. I think that you're seeing, uh, again, more efficiency, less negative, less huge negative plays. Um, and I think that they they still have a ways to go from here. They can get, clean that up even further. And then I think that they can uh, also crank up some of the, the – the you know the the splash plays you mentioned the the Bryce Butler they also had a twenty five yard run from uh, Zeke, Ezekiel as well uh, I, you know I I think but I agree that they could there's more there they could turn that up a little bit more there were plays left on the field at, at different points that I think can be uh, helped out by the tightening up of things by the continuing uh, uh, growth together of the offensive line I, I you know I, last thing, I, before I leave I have to say. Cooper looked so much better than we've seen him in a long time, and that's great because honestly, I, I don't really care at this point is if it's Cooper, if it's Green. I totally understand why they don't want to put Green in there anymore if they can't trust him. But if whoever it's going to be, I want them to be good, good enough to be there. And, and mm-hmm. I thought that Cooper was good enough to be there on Sunday. And, and as long as he plays like that, I'm 100% on board with him being that guy. I think at the very least, Cooper's shown that he's an adequate backup, even if Chaz Green gets sure, absolutely, back absolutely, in that at, the very, at the very least, yes. And I think Cooper deserves a spot on the active forty-three or forty-six man roster every single week. I don't know why he isn't on there to begin with, but yeah, I think I, I, that's a great point because I thought Cooper played much better. And it, to, this is what happened last year with Cleveland. His first game, uh, he, I think it was against San Diego. He really struggled. And then as he started to play more, he played better. So I'll be curious to see what they do after the bye. If they stay with Cooper or they go back to Chaz Green. Um, one final thought that I had is I don't think this is going to be an offense that scores 30 points a game, but I think it's going to be awfully hard to keep the Cowboys under 23 points as long as you've got Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott on the field. They're just too good of a combination to keep them out of the end zone uh, that few times. So, uh, as for the offense, I think they're going to be okay. Tomorrow's podcast, when we talk about the defense, that one's going to be interesting because I've got a lot of thoughts in the Cowboys' defense and why I am not very optimistic but, that they're going to improve. But, but, but when we do that, everyone, listeners, remember that these two, these two separate units are part of a whole team. And that's a, that's an important thing to remember when discussing these two sets. It is, it is Marcus. That just shows you how they, bad their defense no, it's, is. No, it's, it's about playing complimentary team team football, and and that is an important. And I know that sounds like coach talk, but that is an important thing to remember when we're going to discuss the hatchet <laughs> hatcheting that they took from from the the Green Bay Packers offense. 
and the Rams offense and the Broncos offense and the Cardinals offense in the first half. All right, we'll save that all for tomorrow's podcast. I'm so excited for tomorrow. It's going to be great. Uh, that's it for today's show. This edition of the Locked on Cowboys podcast was brought to you by MyBookie.ag. Get into all the action with MyBookie where they'll match your deposit with an up to 100% bonus. Just make sure you use that promo code LOCKEDON. And make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Hit us up with a five-star review and leave your Twitter handle and you'll be eligible to win a free Pro Football Focus Ed subscription. We'll be back on Thursday to discuss that great defense of the Cowboys. All right, join us on Thursday. We'll see you right back there tomorrow. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst.